producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. And welcome into another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad, available on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. Apple, Spotify, and of course, the Score North YouTube channel. My name is Jason Stormer, one of your cabbies on duty today. Joined with the others, AJ Fredrickson and Artist Woods. And guys, I'm trying to keep a positive tone to start the show because we all know what we're going to eventually talk about later in the program today or probably right as the program starts. Normally, we would love to come on this program and talk about a 24 to 10 win for the Minnesota Vikings. We'll probably sprinkle a little bit in there as we go. But we all know the devastating news that happened immediately after the game. Kirk Cousins. Yes, the, that's Kirk Cousins. Tore his Achilles. Just an absolute bummer. Uh, but we'll try to keep a positive attitude on the show. Guys, how are you feeling on this Wednesday evening? Feeling pretty good, man. Sorry for all the movement in the beginning here. I'm trying to keep this game running. World Series is live right now, and I'm having a good time watching it. It's been an interesting series so far. Yes, I've been just a little, just a little tuned in, trying to get up on my baseball <laughs> a little bit. But um, other than the Kirk Cousins news, which was absurd, um, I'm doing well. I mean, the Vikings still won, at least. Got another win under the belt. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very good. How you feeling, AJ? Um, you know, I'm still recovering from that snowfall yeah. the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's too early. If we're getting snowfall and like I'm having to drive in it before, th- uh, before not before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, I can maybe understand, but Halloween, are we joking here? No. Unless it's 1991 and we're getting that blizzard again. No. Oh my god, don't even get me started on that. I hate, I hate that. Like, it's an every year thing. Like, well, you won't believe how much snow we got back in 91. Yeah, we get it. It snowed. It just happened again here. Not as bad, obviously, but like, you know, it, it happens sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, it's every yearly thing. We get it. It snowed. Bye. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Minnesota's, it, we just don't have much to do in the winter like, other than talk about the weather. That's like, yeah. I mean, is is there really that much not else happening to where we have to bring that up every year? But anyways, uh, it's supposed to warm up a little bit. It's supposed to be like mid forties here later in the week and into the weekend, so everything should melt. And then uh, you know we'll pre- we'll reprepare. But uh, you know I'm I'm doing fine. Other than that, I, I I got to and from my destinations safely. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, man. I felt bad for all the trick or treaters last night. I went out with my nieces Parker and Bowen, and we were we weren't even out for an hour. We just did up and down the blocks, and that was pretty much it. Thankfully, plenty of houses were all lit up with Halloween festivities. Got plenty candy. They even had a couple of houses handing out the king size candy bars. Uh, those are the best kind of houses on Halloween. Yeah, it snowed in the Twin Cities, but it unfortunately rained on the Minnesota Vikings parade. Like I mentioned, Kirk Cousins out for the season with a torn Achilles. Are you, was this okay? Kind of a 10 transition there, my oh, friend. That was good. Better. Somebody, somebody's brought his A game today. Sorry to interrupt you. Keep on, keep on doing your thing. Yes, sir. It can only go downhill from here. Anyway, uh, Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. Um, the initial injury, um, he got ruled out with an ankle. Um, but uh, as we all know, that was the same prognosis initially that Aaron Rodgers had when he ultimately tore his Achilles. Um, then the game ended. Vikings win 24-10, beat Green Bay. Awesome. And then, I don't know, it was probably within the hour after the game ended that Adam Schefter reported that it was most likely an Achilles injury for Kirk Cousins. MRI confirmed that, I believe, the next day. And I actually think he just had surgery within the last 24 hours. I think I saw him post that on his social media channel. And I think even before his surgery, he did like some kind of trick-or-treat event at a TCO. And so that's pretty cool that Kirk, even though he's injured and totally didn't have to, still showed up and hung out with the kids for Halloween. That's awesome. But guys, I just got to... I got to know, like, where you were, what you were doing when you first saw or even heard the news that Kirk went down. I mean, obviously, he went down in game. I like it was just absolutely insane. But just what were what were like? Yeah, I just want the raw emotion of what you guys felt in that moment and what you thought it just meant for the Minnesota Vikings right then and there. Artists, we'll start with you. Um, so yeah, I was flipping back and forth between a couple games, to be honest. When I flicked back to the Vikings game, I saw he was, you know, on the cart and I'm like, yeah, that's not a good, it's not a good sign, but I'm thinking it's Kirk. We all know Kirk is one of the more durable guys in the NFL. He never really misses a game, never is hurt. Um, so I, I still didn't want to think too much of it. Um, I just figured, okay, maybe it's something 
I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to hope it was something minor, even though we know the carts, when they get rolled out, it's never a good sign. Um, then I saw the replay. Um, we wound the TV, saw saw the replay, and I was like, that does not look like an ankle injury at all. But I didn't still didn't want to necessarily speculate. Um, Achilles injuries since Kevin Durant's Achilles injury years ago in the finals has become more of a visible thing to me. Like I could kind of tell when it is when you kind of see how the calf and stuff like that shifts and all that without going into detail. And so I kind of knew, but I was like, maybe it's just like a strain or something. Um, but then obviously the news broke that it was a, a torn Achilles and devastating news, man. I mean, the Vikings were honestly on a tear defense hadn't allowed more than 20 points in like three straight weeks since the chiefs game. Um, they've been playing really well. Kirk cousins was playing some of the best football he's played in his entire career and so things were looking up for the vikings and now i guess we'll talk about what the vikings did next you know they went out and got Dobbs, and apparently they're going to make a couple moves at quarterback here but um my honest when i found out what the news actually was and that he tore his achilles my first thought was yes it's over that was my first thought like it's over um so just my knee-jerk reaction I was out getting a little brunch at a local establishment. Won't say where because honestly, it was pretty mid. Uh, oh. But yeah, you know, it was. You might, as well, you might as well put it out there because no, it no, was I mid. You know, <laughs> no, I What was the problem? <laughs> just it was. It, uh, it was like nothing. Nothing stood out. Nothing was great. <laughs> uh, atmosphere was <laughs> mediocre. Service service was fantastic, huh. but it was just the food was just, huh. ugh, huh. you know. It, like it wasn't bad, it just was not good, you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, for the sake of <laughs> sake of maybe potential sp- sponsors within the Score North branding, I will keep my my trap closed. But um, no, it. Uh, I so I got home, I see the news, and all I I didn't really see much other than like, oh, I hope Kirk is okay, blah, blah blah. And I saw the score, I was like, okay, well, you know, they'll be they can close it out. Just I get it, Kirk. He he's had some like scares and whatnot. Because you never know really how bad it was with me, and I didn't know the extent of what was actually happening. But then I saw the replay, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, no!" Um, and it's I'm not gonna make some like wild, over exaggerated like metaphor here, comparing that to like you know, I don't even, I don't even want to like throw a hypothetical. It's it just sucks. It sucks. One as a fan because he was bawling out <laughs> like we, we talked about this last week, the way that he's been playing the conversation about him for the past, you know, maybe a year or two after he's kind of elevated, especially last year was like, okay, he's a top 10 guy. You know, he's right on that fringe. He's not in that elite category, but he's definitely up there as being a very, very, very good. He has been bawling out this year. And I think he's risen that level to God, I, like, like I said, I threw it out there last week. He, he was looking like a top five guy, you know, it, he had the composure, um, the, the windows he was hitting at times were just incredible. He was, uh, he was leading in like, uh, most passing attempts per games. And, and granted that's due to in part because the Vikings running game up until this point and still maybe continues to be, has been not great. So I think they've been 31st in rushing attempts, but they were leading the league in passing attempts up and, uh, until his injury, um, so the numbers obviously should come with the skill set that he has and him and KOC, the chemistry has kind of been cooking. KOC has got that wired QB mind. Um, he, he didn't really have like the physical attributes to be a standout quarterback during his uh, run in the NFL, which is now, you know, he's transitioning to being a coach um, and you're seeing now, and unfortunately it has come to an abrupt end this season the the benefits of having that type of mind leading your team when you have a more than capable quarterback with the skill tree that Kirk Cousins has it, it especially for like the adversity that Kirk has been going through with losing Justin Jefferson he's been adjusting and now uh you know he, he we saw what Jordan Addison did uh the other week and that the coming out party that he's been having TJ Hawkinson has kind of it's been a rough go for him to start the season, but he, the past week or two has been kind of ascending and, and looking more closer to himself again. Uh, The defense, he find he, you know, he has the defense on the other side of the ball, the O line finally, after however long it's been an O line for the Minnesota Vikings. And all of a sudden just hit the brakes. Yeah. You got to change your game plan. (laughs) It, 
have you guys ever tried to do like a Rubik's cube like when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember it was like a trend. It was like a mini trend where it was like, oh, you're cool because you can do a Rubik's cube, and it's just basic algorithms. But getting like that first one of like even cheating by looking at it on paper, like here's what you do. You get close. Imagine you're doing that, or like, a, okay, you're doing it. You're doing a puzzle. You're doing like a thousand piece puzzle, and you have nine hundred and ninety eight of these in. You have two to go, and then for some reason it just it just doesn't it just doesn't fit and then the table falls into a black hole and the puzzle all that's just what happened to the vikings they're back to square one um i'm not nervous because you know we just have to accept it it's it's going to be entertaining the rest of the way but the problem is they've now won they won three straight games to get back to a 500 after just a very very bad start so you know in hindsight you almost wish they hadn't done that because then this trade yeah. deadline looks a lot differently. You get value for, um, you know, the leading sack uh, getter in the league with Daniel Hunter. Uh, Hunt, Hunter. You move a guy like KJ Osborne, who after the season will be a free agent. You get some sort of pick for him. Probably not a good one, but you know, maybe a, a higher day three pick. Um, it, it's. I like what they did, and we'll talk about it. But it's uh, it's really unfortunate that Kirk Cousins injury occurred not only when it did but also i think to the person because as much as criticism as he's taken and i've thrown his way over the past you know couple years and blah 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 um he he has looked tremendous this season um and everything that we saw behind the scenes and kind of the personality that we saw last season emerge uh you never want this to happen to anybody but it just it sucks for a guy that is as good of a person it seems like behind the scenes off the field plus also in a contract year for him. Just the, the, all the factors that could be going wrong right now are. Yeah, this is truly like one of the worst times, honestly, for anybody to really have a serious injury right before the trade deadline. And considering there was even, I think it had been tempered over the last couple of weeks with the Vikings improving upon their record. I think there was still conversations happening about whether or not Kirk Cousins would be moved at the deadline. It was still going to take, it would be moving a mountain to have done that in the first place with the no trade clause. So it probably wouldn't have happened anyway. But if, if say the Vikings didn't beat San Francisco and they were three and five going into Lambeau, and say you even lost that game at Lambeau and you still only had three wins on the season. Well, now that just, that makes the whole situation that much worse. Uh, Yeah, it was, I got, I got to give the Vikings front office a little bit of credit, not necessarily for the trades that they made. We'll get into that in a little bit, but just for managing just a crisis situation like this, this is like one of the worst things uh, front front office can be thrown at them. And uh, they made some moves that at least addressed it. And they did it in a timely manner too, because the trade deadline was what 48 hours or so. Um, after Kirk tore his Achilles. So it just, the whole situation stinks. AJ mentioned he's in a contract year. That stinks as well. Um, yeah, nobody's really coming out. Yeah, this just stinks all around for the Vikings. And obviously this affects their season greatly. Um, the momentum was happening. I was coming on this program being very positive. I think there were plenty of reasons to be positive, especially after that Niners win. And yeah, it, it stinks that we can't just rub it in the cheesehead's face because it just doesn't even feel like we we won that ball game, even though we clearly did. But the Packers got a whole lot of other problems. I was about to say the Packers. My the, goodness, the Packers are bad. So you could talk as much trash as you yeah, want. No, but, they are bad. I know it's just, <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. It just it wasn't. It just doesn't feel right though because uh, because we lost Kirk Cousins but yeah Matt LeFleur has been making some very questionable decisions uh, for that Packer offense so got a good defense but just things aren't working out Uh, but man yeah this kind of happened to probably a better guy in Kirk Cousins and yes AJ said we we've definitely we we've criticized Kirk plenty on this program you know what I mean Um, but what's been really cool is just kind of seeing around the league just all the support for Kirk among like players and coaches and everything like that. I think even teams, teams have like tweeted out uh, just like their support for Kirk and wishing him a speedy recovery and everything like that. So what I've just noticed ever since all this happened is just like, I think more so than what Vikings fans realize is that Kirk has a pretty extensive support system across the NFL. Um, even if maybe, you know, GMs aren't uh, nipping at the bud to try to acquire him on his team or anything like that. I think he's very well respected among the inner circles of the NFL. And I think, yeah, it was, I think it was a devastating hit to the league to lose a guy like Kirk Cousins, because let's admit like Kirk Cousins marketability 
over the last couple of years has been awesome. He threw on another chain after the Niners win and everything like that. Did that commercial about the script, I think, for either NFL Network or ESPN beforehand, wearing the chain and everything. So it's been fun to get the personality of Kirk and uh, be able to market that. And um, obviously, he's still around the team and everything like that. I think Cam Bynum said that don't be surprised if you still see Kirk on the sideline wearing his helmet during the games where he can't play because he still wants to hear all the communications from the head coach and the quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just classic Kirk right there. He loves wearing his helmet. He doesn't want to ever take it off. Uh, But yeah, the, if we're now, if we transition the conversation to what this means for the current Minnesota Vikings, they sit at four and four. Uh, We got the Atlanta Falcons coming up uh, this, this Sunday. We'll preview the game, obviously, like we normally do towards the end of the show, but I mean, guys, let's let's just like take away. We'll, we'll get to the Josh Job stuff in a second. But do you guys just think that like the Vikings can st- still make a playoff run without Kirk Cousins? They acquired Josh Dobbs for, I believe, um, what was it, a sixth round pick? No, they gave up a sixth round pick, but I believe they also gave they were also given a seventh round pick. As and that seventh round pick through. Uh, some conditions can turn right. into a six potentially. Right. Um, but we don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback yet. We're going to let Jaron Hall start this week. And I'm just curious what your guys's confidence is right now in Jaron Hall, or would you like to see Josh jobs kind of get in the rhythm as soon as possible? Artist, what do you think? I want to piss this to AJ first. Cause I have something to say. And uh, I don't, I, I was thinking about this before I came into work today. And okay. uh I don't know if I should say it, but I'm going to say it. But I want to see if you guys say it first. So I don't sound that crazy when I say it. So I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to let at least you, AJ, go first. And then I'll say what I have to say. And then I'll pitch it back to you guys. I know what I have to say. If you don't say it first, we'll get me killed in the comments. But I'm going to say it. So go ahead. Okay. All right. From my understanding, the the, the, the trade to go get Josh Dobbs was in the case of they weren't sure what Nick Mullins like health status is going to be because he's got like a back thing going on or yeah. something like that. So they're not sure. So th- I understand going out and getting a guy cause you don't want to mortgage too much. Um, I think it's a, honestly, it's a pretty solid move. If you're giving up a six for a seventh and him, and then that seventh could potentially be a six. I'm guessing like if he doesn't meet certain playing time stuff, when it comes to, if I have faith in Jaron Hall, no, is my answer i mean i just haven't seen enough you know i he's he's a a rookie at a byu um it am i excited for him maybe is what i'll turn the question to yes because i i personally am glad that even though they got josh i don't know maybe in the facility tuesday night let's say that's not enough time to to learn a system fully and look even halfway decent no matter you know how many Maybe not now, no matter how many starts, because if it's a, a true season, like well accustomed event, maybe. But um, in Josh Dobbs case, I don't think that's enough time. I, I want to see Jaron Hall. And you, frankly, you didn't you didn't do the Mr. Of Irrelevant pick with him. You drafted him somewhere in the in the middle of the draft ish. So um, we've seen what he can do at college. And I think Jaron Hall, that doesn't always translate for a lot of guys, but. I want to see what he can do. I don't want to see a, a quick hook. Go, Let him go out there. I don't think anybody should be expecting a lot. Don't expect a 400-yard, three-touchdown game from him. Let him make mistakes. And right now, he's walking into a situation where he is set up for success. Like This, this is the, the situation for any rookie QB to want to waltz into right now. Sure, you're missing the best wide receiver in the NFL. But you do have a really good up-and-coming rookie, like I said, is having a somewhat of a coming-out party. Jordan Addison has looked good. You have an incredibly talented uh, tight end when he's on his game in TJ Hawkinson. You have one of the better O-lines. I believe they're up. I've seen, based on like different rankings, they're either a top five, and I mean like, like a number five, or they're like number eight O-line in the league right now based on certain metrics. And then on the other side of the ball, your defense has been – let's say top 10, maybe 12-ish, a huge jump from what we saw last year from the Donishell defense. Brian Flores has absolutely reinvented this defense and has benefited the Vikings greater. So I to, to bring it all back, I want Josh Dobbs right now to settle into the backup role 
until further notice. I want a let, let's say three three mistakes, like three strikes and you're out for, for Jaron Hall. You know, I'm not saying an interception, blah, 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 because frankly, we saw the turnovers that this team has been doing all season long. If he turns the ball over, what's new? The only, <laughs> yeah. the only thing new is the guy throwing the ball at that point. Um, but if it's like hard to watch football, I if if it gets to a point where it's a blowout and teams are going to be, or broadcasts are going to be like, moving out of the game for bonus coverage because of, that's when you have second thoughts. Um, I'm fine with Jaron Hall going in there. I don't think anybody's expecting these guys to make a deep run into the playoffs. I think given the situation, if they get to the playoffs, that's considered a successful season. Unfortunately, with the way things look now, you're probably going to get to like seven wins, not a playoff team but you're still picking outside the top 10 in the draft. So you're really not going to get too much better unless somebody really messes up or somebody falls big time. Um, and then you're not going to rule it as like a successful season. So it's, it's frustrating. Um, but when it comes to Jaron Hall, I mean, I'm, I want him to, I want him to play. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in a rush to get Josh Dobbs under center. Let Jaron Hall cook. I really do want to see what he has because imagine if Brock and granted we know what Brock pretty the past three weeks have been, and that's not pretty. That has been shredded newspaper, but on the other side of things, you don't get that magic. That was Brock Purdy last year in the first five ish games this season. If he doesn't get a chance, you got to at least see what these guys, you can't, you can't just bury these guys on the practice squad or third string. And, you know, you, you get these reps in practice, granted you're getting reps in practice. And these guys that coach, they know more football than I will ever will. But I want to still see it because sometimes those guys just have that intangible where one it, once it's game time and the pressure's on and all the cameras and the eyes and, and everybody's attention is on them, they just find that next gear. They have that playmaking ability. They have that on-the-fly mentality to make things work, that sidearm. You know, maybe it's not going to work, but I have this instinct to just make it happen. And all of a sudden I have a completion and he's still running up the field. So I'm not saying Jaron Hall is going to wow me, but I want to at least see what he's got here. Give him some time, get him under center, give him some, uh, like I said, three strikes. He's out. Absolutely. I want to give him a shot too, because I, for one, still have nightmares about what happened to the Vikings on October 16th, 2013. You guys remember what happened uh, to the Vikings on, I believe a Monday night football game against the New York giants. They started Josh Freeman in that game who had been signed only for a week at that point. And it was an absolutely disastrous game. Not only (laughs) maybe after the show, baby. Anyway, it was a disastrous game for the Vikings, even more so disastrous for Josh Freeman. It pretty much dang near derailed his career after that. And he was pretty decent with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up to that point. I would feel so, so bad if a similar situation happened to Josh Dobbs, if the Vikings threw him out there against the air uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, it just, it just, it doesn't make sense. Jaron's been on the roster for the entire season. Yes. He's a rookie, but at least he's at least gotten more way more time to understand the playbook and be immersed in it than Josh Dobbs. Not that Josh Dobbs is not doing everything in his current power to get ready to start for the Minnesota Vikings, but it just, it's unreasonable to do it this week and be borderline malpractice. If you threw Josh Dobbs out there and so, so we'll see what Jaron Hall's got. Um, Vikings coaches, and I believe even Quasi Adolfo today, just talked him up, hyping him up, making sure that they're going to do everything in their power to put him in a good position. And I think the Vikings will do that, whether that translates to actual success on the field against the Falcons and ultimately ends up as a W for the Vikings. Uh, that will be uh, remain to be seen. But I'm willing to give this guy as long of a shot as possible. Um I mean, this Falcons game is going to be really telling. I mean, if the Vikings, I mean, I think the Falcons are like four and a half point favorites, so that's not terrible. But if it's pretty clear and obvious that the Vikings aren't able to compete, even against, you know, a pretty middling Atlanta Falcons team, then I don't think it'll take much from the front office and the coaching staff to really just be like, okay, even though we traded for a guy like Dobbs, maybe unless things get really bad, we'll just let Jaron Hall play the rest of the season. Honestly, I'm not opposed to letting Dobbs be the backup for the entire season. One, because Nick Mullins injury issues are still going on, but two, I want to give Jaron Hall a shot. And I don't think we gave up a ton in 
terms of draft equity to get Josh Dobbs, this is very similar to the deal that we did with Cam Akers, very low risk, high reward. But um, yeah, guys, I mean, considering now that the future of Kirk Cousins being on the Minnesota Vikings is more in doubt than ever, we have to see what these young guys got. We, we just have to see. Um, it might not result in much of anything, but I think that's okay. Um, and, you know, you like to have that kind of, you like, you like to have the preseason for that kind of stuff, but unfortunately things like this happen and it thrusts young guys like Jaron Hall into starting positions. Uh, I expect things to probably be a little rusty at first. I mean, he, he was pretty, I mean, he was pretty rusty uh, for the Packers to when he came in for the Packers game, but you know what? I mean, that was to be expected. Uh, he, he definitely wasn't expecting to go in that game, even if he was prepared to. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for, for just, Letting Jared go in this game, if he has a bad game, then yes, we can obviously have that conversation about Josh Dobbs against the Saints the following week. But um, as of right now, I mean, they they, they got to do this kind of stuff. Now, it's now not to say that you do that across your entire roster. Like, it's not like you sit Daniil Hunter or something like that so younger guys can play. You're not going to want to do that. In fact, I, for one, think that this is going to be an extremely motivated Minnesota Vikings squad going to Atlanta because they are going to want to prove that they can still win without their main starting quarterback and Kirk Cousins. I, I guarantee you that locker room is going to be just, they just really are going to get a want a W want to get a W down in Atlanta. And honestly, I wouldn't w. be surprised. W, George. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the Vikings even win in Atlanta, but I'll save my predictions for a little bit later. Um, but what I'm ultra curious now is if me or AJ said the thing that artists yeah. said that he was going to say. So was it or was it not artists? You guys actually, AJ specifically took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, the first thing I the first thing I thought when Dobbs was brought in was I didn't like it because Josh Dobbs he was a starter, like he's a guy who was just starting for the Cardinals. Now, granted, he wasn't winning a lot of games, but he wasn't playing terrible. Mm -hmm. And so my my first thought when they did that was. No way you're going to throw Dobbs out there and let him start now. I thought maybe they might have Jaron Hall play one game and then just to get Dobbs, you know, used to the system and then throw him out there. And I was, I'm completely opposed to it. I, I don't, I'm glad I don't sound crazy. I'm glad I don't sound crazy because I said this before and I'll say it again. Um, Jaron Hall was not bad in college and he wasn't a guy that was a turnover machine. And that's one thing that you fear with rookie quarterbacks. That's one thing that you fear with backup quarterbacks. With rookie quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, you want them to come in and game manage. That's what you want. You don't want them to come in and throw 400, 500 yards, 350, five touchdowns, four touchdowns. You want them to come in and game manage, especially when your defense is playing the way it's been playing. Like I said, last couple of weeks, haven't been allowed more than 10 points. Um, in college, I mean, 2021, five interceptions, 20 touchdowns, 2022, 31 touchdowns, six interceptions. That ain't bad. I know some college quarterbacks are throwing the ball 40, 50 touchdowns. We understand all that. But I'm focused on the interceptions because – what I saw in the game in the limited time he was out there is a guy who was rusty but poised. He was still poised. He he didn't have jitter feet. He he wasn't all over the place. He sat in the pocket. He took that took that hit, you know, took that strip sack. But he sat in the pocket. He delivered his two passes. It was only two. But he sat there and he delivered the ball. So I you have an opportunity now with the quarterback that you just drafted to, like you, like you guys said, see what he's got. If he, there is a possibility, granted, we brought up Brock Purdy, Tardy was drafted last pick of his draft, came in as a backup, nobody expected much, right? So you have an opportunity, not saying he's going to be Tom Brady, That's but right. you have an opportunity to see what he can be. He's going to have some highs. He's going to have some highs. He's going to have some probably really low lows. But at the same time, by the end of, the, by the end of this season, you're going to kind of have a good idea as to where to work with going forward. And I like that, given the fact you don't know what Kirk is going to do. Like, I've, I'm hearing that they want to have Kirk back, and Kirk might want to stay, but you never know what's going to happen, you know, financially, what other teams are going to be looking to bring him in. You don't necessarily know how he's going to look fresh off of this out of Jaron Hall. Hopefully, J.J. comes back. I feel like he will. That ultimately helps your offense. You obviously have KJ. You obviously have Addison, who's coming on strong. Um, TJ in uh, the tight end position. And then when I look at the schedule, I'm not confident any of these teams can beat the Vikings, even with Jaron Hall, if he's playing smart, efficient football like how he did in college. You got the now it's the NFL, so anything is possible. 
it, it happens, right? But, I mean, you got the Falcons. I think they can beat the Falcons. The Saints have a good defense, so he probably will have a, a hard time against the Saints, but you never know. It's in Minnesota. You never know. Um, You got the Broncos, who's been – I mean, they just beat the Chiefs, but they are not that team this year. No. Chicago, the Raiders, who – don't even get me started. Oh, um, now the Bengals are coming. Yeah, yeah, the Bengals are coming on strong. You got the Lions again twice, and you got the Packers. But that's what I mean when I say I think you'll see some highs against these teams, and I think you'll see some lows, and you'll have a pretty good idea as to what you're working with. You'll also see how he how he manages, you know, from week to week as teams start to get film and tape on him. Um, but he's a quarterback nobody knows anything about besides college, and that's always a plus too. You don't really know how to game plan against him, so. I think even though Kirk's injury is devastating, and I'm glad you guys said the same thing I'm saying, even though it's devastating, I'm not writing the Vikings off. Mm-hmm. I, my first thought was it's over. Then I thought, well, Jaron Hall, I liked him out of college. Well, the schedule is still, still <laughs> in some games. Well, you know, Detroit, I don't expect them to fall off, but it's Detroit. You never know. So <laughs> I'm looking at this. Like I said, it's a good opportunity to figure out what you what you have. I personally would not have. Now, I'm not the GM. I would not have went and got Dobbs. I would have gotten another quarterback that is a clear. And one could say Dobbs is a clear backup, but a guy that's already a backup right now as we speak. Like I might have caught like RG3 or something like I just anybody just to have a body there just to make sure that he knows there is no pressure for anybody else to come in. And last thing I'll say. No matter how bad he plays, I'm leaving him out there. I'm leaving. I don't care. He, does, he, he won't get any strikes. As long as he's healthy, I'm leaving him out there to go through his highs, his lows. And, again, by the end of the season, you'll see what you have. Here's my here's my qu- quick thing that I'm not nervous about, but I am anxious to watch. So Sunday against the Packers, he did not expect to be seeing the field other than when he walked out there uh, yeah, other than from the sidelines, Kirk Cousins is not a guy that misses snaps. He's not a guy that misses games. Up until that, he was incredibly, incredibly durable. Just an incredibly strong, strong-willed, like physical specimen. He didn't have time to like mentally prepare. He got thrust into it. I want to know and see how he does with the, the nerves. Fools. Yeah. He, I mean, granted, now he's got time to game plan, and not that he wasn't game planning for this past week and he's going to the meetings he's sitting in he's looking at film with everybody he's you know i'm sure trying to learn from kirk and everything and they're from what i have read they're they've been like talking texting calling um throughout the week so far as well but sunday morning rolls around is he cool as a cucumber heart rate low or is he if you guys have seen like invincible i'm sure artists you have given it's a eagles movie but (laughs) Vince Papali, he's he's in the bathroom throwing up, and he's like, "Yeah, no, bad bad room service or something." You know, that's that's probably what it was, bad room service. Yeah, I I I'm anxious to see because this is a, a I was gonna say a young guy, but what he's 25, 25 and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, for a rookie QB, he's a little older, but he doesn't have that NFL experience. So I want to know his first NFL start. You know, our, that first drive is going to be really telling because if he sits in the pocket, he steps into throws, he's hitting guys right in the hands, we might be off and running here, fellas. But if he is throwing the ball away, if he's scrambling and he's just, you know, what, what's the what's the term? Seeing ghosts or something like that. He, he's just throwing it away or um, just missing guys completely. It's um, It could be a long day. So I, I'm anxious to see with a full week of nerves and preparation, what does Jaron Hall bring to the field? Not to pivot, but I got a quick question. No, let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's do it. Just a jab step. No, uh, quick, <laughs> quick question. By the way, RAP. Love you. Says, right. Say Hall goes out there and like he balls. Like the rest of the season, he looks like Brock Purdy when Brock Purdy was playing really good football. The Vikings make the playoffs. And like they, let's say they lose wild card round, right? At that point, if Kirk Cousins says, hey, I want to come back to Minnesota and I'll come back on a discount. Mm. But keep in mind, Jaron Hall was balling while he was in. Do you still bring Kirk back on that discount for, say, two years? Or do you just say, you know what, I'm going to work with Jaron Hall on this rookie scale contract, build around him and see what we have? This so comes down have- This comes down solely in my mind to what the discount is. Mm. Yeah. And when you, I know, I mean, I can imagine what like him balling out means, but like, mm-hmm. I need actual numbers. Like, you know, 
what level or give, give me some numbers or something. Cause like he, he's averaging. Okay. Let's say he's averaging. Let's say they, let's say how many games they got left? Like eight games. Right. Yeah. Um, let's, say, let's say they, they finish 10 and seven. Right. And make then the and they, and they make the playoffs. Yeah. Make the playoffs. And like, let's say per game. Cause I don't know what the numbers would look like. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. You know, so let's say per game, he's averaging like 260 two three touchdowns a game but not two to three interceptions as well no to have no. a he's got say, have he's, a, say it's like college where he's not turning the ball he's at he's at, he has a couple interceptions here and yeah. there but he's not turning the ball over and he's good for like 260 two three touchdowns a game well to be honest i think if we're gonna like recklessly speculate into the offseason i probably am leaning towards that this Achilles injury for Kirk Cousins means that he will not be back next year. Mm. Um, I don't know if the Vikings just want, even if he was healthy, we we just aren't sure if the Vikings want to commit to him after this season, but now I'm not sure the Vikings want to do that with a 36 year old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury, even though, I mean, he he, he can come back and he come, he can ball out and that's fine. I'm saying what I'm saying, what would you do, Jason? How how would you handle this situation? I would let Kirk Cousins walk. If okay. Jaron Hall flashes in any capacity, I want to see what we have for the rest of the season, maybe even going into next season. I would still be open to drafting somebody, though. Jaron okay. Hall will really, really, really have to wow me. Like, let's bump that up to 304 touchdowns a game. You know what I mean? See, that, see, I, see I don't want to go that high because no, I feel like no, that's, and, a, and that's I, a stretch. And, that's not, and I don't think that's reasonable to expect anyway. Right. Um, that's what I would do. If Jaron Hall even even flashes a little bit if there's even any conversation that the three of us are having by the time the season is over about jaron hall being the starting quarterback for the vikings in 2024 i'm letting kirk walk i'm letting kirk walk i just am but you know what i might have been willing to let kirk walk even if he stayed healthy the entire season anyways Mm, okay that's just me well, I, th- I think the thing there is if Kirk stays healthy, he's demanding more. He's commanding, not demanding, but commanding more money in the open market rather than coming right. off this torn, torn Achilles. So in this hypothetical, I am probably going to – if I'm able to extend JJ and extend Daniel Hunter and keep those two talents in-house and then whatever remaining money plus wiggle room because you're going to have to think about – you're still going to – if if you're signing these guys, you're – you're still competitive. You have to be competitive with the, these guys on your roster. You have to have a little wiggle room if you want to make a trade or some type of moves throughout the year. If that money's left over and that works for Kirk, then I'm bringing him back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> I mean, y- you saw what he was doing. And I know yeah. he's older, but he's it's he's like Benjamin Button. He's he's like revert. It, it doesn't make sense. He's just continuously getting better with age. He's like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. Except instead of Except you're getting your like instead of Napa Valley, you're getting your wine at like Costco, but somehow you crack the bottle open and it's just the best Cabernet you've ever had. Like it's it's crazy. Um, no, I I would I would probably bring him back. Um, especially mm. no offense to those numbers, but like I two sixties respectable for a rookie guy, and especially if he's throwing two or three touchdowns and they're you know they make playoffs, that's not enough to wow me personally. Yeah. I'm just that, saying on I'm just yeah. saying on average because yeah. he, he might have yeah. a game yeah, where he yeah. throws for three twenty, but then one game he throws okay. Be, it's like a better defense, yeah. One ninety nine. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some games I'm still, has I'm still highs, some games he has lows, but it it evens out to like two sixty, two seventy a game. Type. Yeah, I'm still bringing Kirk back. And in the non hypothetical, non hypothetical thing, I think now Kirk is probably. I think he's more likely than he was last week to come back with the Vikings. Just because the money's gonna be it's gonna be better for the 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 franchise to go with. Um, I would assume, but we'll see. That's that's a talk for like eight months from now. Personally, me, I think I, I feel like you guys know what I'm gonna say to this hypothetical, but I'm gonna side with Jason. I think if he shows those, I think if he again, I'm just talking about the peaks and the valleys because he's gonna go yep. through highs and lows, but if he peaks. If I see like big time games, 300 yards, three touchdown, four, whatever, and then you got a 199, you got a 185, you got a, you know, and like two touchdowns. But he's, again, he's not really turning the ball over like that. That shows me that it's his rookie year. He was thrust, thrust into a situation where he didn't expect to be thrusted into. And 
even in that type of situation, under some adversity to try to replace Kirk right away midseason while the team is rolling, it shows me he has potential to have those really good games. A full offseason, you just you never know. You ne- And, again, rookie-scale contract. Yes. You can build around him. You could get defensive pieces. You could re-sign everybody you need to re-sign. And now he has a full offseason to improve. He's learned lessons from the previous season. You never know. The next season he could go out and, again, this is hypothetical, but yep. the next season he can go out and, and really ball to the standard that you would want. Kirk is amazing. He's a he's a good quarterback. But but we know his ceiling. And that is my problem. We even if he even if Hall went out there and did exactly what I just said, we wouldn't know his ceiling yet. And that would be intriguing to me as a GM. If I could build around this guy without knowing his ceiling and he could go out there and ball, you never know. Or say he doesn't ball. Say you you let go of Kirk, he has a good rookie season, and he comes in the following season, you've built around him, and he doesn't ball. You still have a ready-made organization, a ready-made team that you could drop a vet in and be where you need to be potentially, depending. I'm just saying, that's that's no. no. You know that that's that's where that's where my head is. This could be a gift and a curse at the same time. Um, that's just my silver lining to all of this. Because eventually the Vikings were gonna have to move off Kirk. And I don't think any of us thought, even with Kirk is playing as well as he's been playing, they're not gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And and for me, it's the domino effect of what is what affects what because if if bringing him back means you're not able to extend both jj and daniel hunter then i'm gonna let the 36 year old quarterback coming off a torn achilles walk yeah, but it, but if you can make it all happen and get you know the, the trifecta then i'd say bring him back just to yeah. see because then you're gonna get somewhat of a discount and th- that's been the thing is like you can't build the team on the what the 40 million or whatever it is guaranteed but if it's less than that and you can use that money to actually add a couple like savvy pieces on defense and now brian flores is in, in the kitchen in the kitchen just absolutely cooking like uh you know like he's on the bear or, you know he's in hell's kitchen or whatever he's going ramsey in there yes absolutely but yeah if if not I, i'd let kirk go um predictions predictions yes, yes. jump right in because uh, i know that that took up way more time than no, I thought yeah. were, but, that was a good discussion i like it i'm gonna like say that. about kirk just really quick if yeah. we resign him there can't be a no trade clause in this contract next time around. No, okay. Yeah. You, we, we need more flexibility if we're not. I need more flexibility no if we're clause. if we're going to commit to Kirk uh, long term again. All right. I the, think it's funny that you think he's signing somewhere without a trade. There, no, there's no possibility. He wouldn't even resign. I feel like. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. He's going to want that again. But I don't. I don't know. With the coming off Achilles injury, I, I actually don't know if he has that bargaining chip anymore. All right. Yes. A lot of reckless speculation on this episode. Unfortunately, injuries kind of force us to do that. But there are. There's still football to play, guys. There's still plenty of football to be played. This Minnesota Vikings team can still win, still make the playoffs. They take on the Atlanta Falcons this upcoming Sunday. Both teams are four and four. But the line right now is Atlanta at four and a half. The over under is thirty seven and a half, guys. We'll start with Artis. Uh, do we think the Vikings are going to be able to keep their momentum after stringing together three wins in a row against the Falcons? Or do we think uh, my, my uh, reality might come crashing down a bit? What do you think, Artis? Uh, I think they'll be able to get it done. Now, one thing I will say um, is I don't want to completely sleep on the Falcons. But at the same time, I don't trust the Falcons at all. Like I just I don't think they're a really good football team. I don't think they're put together very well. I don't have any faith in Ritter. I think one thing that is making me have all this speculation about Hall is, again, everything around him. You have weapons and you have a defense that is playing really high level football. What's <laughs> mess up my bag? He's laughing. No, I sorry. I, 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 no, I, I'm, I'm just thinking. Sorry. Oh, oh, OK. But yeah, you have a defense. You have a defense that is playing really high level football. So if they could force some turnovers, if they can make some plays, give you short field opportunities. I think the Vikings can take advantage of that. The, the Falcons, the rest of this schedule is not a schedule I fear. Like I wouldn't don't be shocked if I pick the Vikings to win all of these games because oh. I don't fear any of these teams. Um, but um, I say all that to say, I, I think the Vikings and I'll make it short. I think the Vikings win this game uh, again. I think the defense is going to step up and make plays um, and, and make it really hard on the Falcons offense. Obviously, you got to worry about Bijan because he is a monster. He is what he is. Um, but and the Falcons defense is decent. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a decent defense. They just um, lost Grady Jarrett, though. That stinks for them. They just what? They lost Grady Jarrett, I think, to a torn ACL. So that stinks. That's true. That's true. That is going to hurt. Um, but ultimately, um, 
I don't view the Falcons as a very good team. We're going to learn a lot about during this first this first game, like you said, first possession. But if I had to put my money on it, I would put my money on the on the Vikings defense to force turnovers and make plays, help Jaron Hall out in his first actual game starting from start to finish. And I would go with the Vikings somewhere on somewhere along the lines of, I'll say, 21 to 17. Very good. AJ. <laughs> Guys, it would it would be. So it it would be perfect for this to happen. It's it's Jaron Hall, it's Taylor Heineke, it's sloppy, ugly, muddy oh, football. I forgot it's Taylor is starting now. Yeah. My bad, my bad. That's no, on me. That's that why is. I'm scared for this game for the Vikings. That may actually. Oh, that might actually kind of save me a bit. I forgot he. I completely forgot. My bad to the audience. I forgot he's the starter now. I'm, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going to change my pick. No, I do. I like Heineke though. I'm not going to lie. But I'm still gonna roll with the Vikings 21 17. I'm gonna keep it the same. But I forgot it all would about make, that. Thank you for that, AJ. It would make it would make a lot of sense for just this sloppy, ugly game. The first NFL start of of Jaronall's career is going to end. Are you guys ready? No, but go in a 2020 tie. You no, you can't. I told I told you, you I was gonna it. pick one. I told you I was gonna pick one. It, how, he did it. how serious is that pick? I'll let you decide, but okay. I'm I'm going to stand by a 2020 tie between between the Minnesota Vikings and Atlanta Falcons. I talked myself into picking a tie at some point this season. There's no other game on the on the schedule that I think could actually end in a tie other than this one. And I'm not giving it more than like a half of a half of a half of a percent of a chance. But if there was a game, gentlemen. It's this one, 2020. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I kind of wish you would have saved this one for the Broncos game because if that one stayed in the Sunday night uh, time slot, I think that would have just been perfect because that game is I think that flexed and it's going to be awful. That was the one that I was going with, but I think because it's going to get flexed, for some reason the football gods are going to be like, okay, that can't be a tie anymore now. So this is the one, 2020. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, I mentioned that I think that this Minnesota Vikings team is going to be extremely motivated to prove what they got, to prove that they have enough talent on this roster to compensate for the loss of Kirk Cousins. They are going to want to really get after Taylor Heineke. I fully believe that. Mentioned Grady Jarrett has a torn ACL. That's a big loss for that front seven for the Falcons. Hopefully, we can get this darn run game going, guys. Um, I wasn't too happy that Cam Akers got nine carries to Alexander Madison's 16 against the Packers. I'd like that a little bit more, even if you don't mind, but you know what? I'm not the head coach. I don't make, I don't make the rules or anything like that, but um, hopefully Jordan Addison will continue to ball out. I am a little bit worried that his production will go down now that Kirk cousins, isn't his quarterback. Not that he's not a very talented wide receiver in his own right. I just think Kirk has done a lot to help a guy like Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkins and even Justin Jefferson establish really good floors for their careers. But if Jordan Addison, I mean, we're going to find out how legit, I mean, we think he's already pretty dang legit now, but if Jordan Addison balls out as what Jaron Hall is his quarterback in this first game, that's going to only solidify uh, Jordan Addison as the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL. I think the Vikings will win this game. Yeah. I, even though the Falcons are favored, I don't really care. A 23 to 16 win for the Minnesota Vikings, I, I admit, I'm kind of like you are. Just Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's got that dog in him. And you know that because he played for the Commanders against the Eagles plenty of times. Yeah, that's, that, Vikings, that throws honestly. a wrench in things. Yes. I, I can't believe that slipped my mind. But, yeah, that, that throws yeah. a wrench in things. Yeah, but, I mean, this is his, I think this is his first start of the season. Um, so he, he might be a little bit rusty too. So I don't think this is going to be an ultra uber awesome Taylor Heineke game that we've seen him have in the past. I think he's going to play pretty conservatively and yeah, I mean, if you can stop Bijan, if you can stop Tyler Algier as well, that's a pretty good one, two punch in their own right. And, uh, we'll see what the blitz rate is like for the Vikings in this game. They only blitz 36% of the time against the Packers, which was a season low. So we'll see if that, uh, gets up a little bit against uh, Taylor Heineke who can, uh, uh, move around in the pocket a little bit, but uh, Vikings win uh 23 16. Uh, artists had a 21 17 win for the Vikings, and uh, AJ finally uh 
dressed up nice, put on a tie, 2020. That's the final score that I think is uh, going to go down in uh, the ATL. Guys, we- I'm get, hold on. I'm giving you the warning now. I'm giving you both the warning. If there is less than two minutes on the clock and the game is deadlocked at 2020 or like somebody's driving and we get to over and it's 2020, we're getting on a group FaceTime and we are living those moments together because I'm going to go ballistic <laughs> that's if that's true. the case. You don't understand. I might bet you. Yeah. I might, I might, oh my God, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but yeah, well, it, 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 if it even gets close, we are getting on a call. Got you. Got you. I'm up a street pole, like a Philly fan or something like that. We'll grease it up extra for you. Anyway, we got to get out of here, here on the score North taxi squad. Thank you so much for listening and watching to the program. Uh, guys, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? The Timberwolves are off to a one and two start, not the ideal start. I got to double check the score of the Nuggets game, though, because they were up on the Nuggets. Yeah. They, they're they about to beat the Nuggets. Look like they might 99. beat the Nuggets. 99. Leads do not matter for this team. No. Yeah. I, I, no. Yeah. yeah I, in the ATL, the yeah, last couple of days. Um, wait, what was that? Well, they, they played the Hawks and they blew that fourth quarter lead. So very like, true. Very, Vikings very, are in Atlanta this week, but the Timberwolves were in Atlanta earlier this week. <laughs> very true. That's very true. I'm just saying it isn't the ideal start, but if you can somehow close out this game, it's 99 to 76 right now. Uh, six minutes left in the fourth. If you can close out this game, that'll be a big early win for the Timberwolves. So, um, they're not playing ideal, but um, they might be in two and two with a big time win early this season that could maybe propel them. So, we will see. Keep your eyes on the Timberwolves. Uh, I need the wild to start scoring on the power play. But I, well, I need, I need Matt, Matt Boley is supposed to play tomorrow against the devils. Um, it, really there's, there's so many aspects that I could spend in like 10 minutes. Basically one goalies need to be a little bit better. Two defense needs to be a little bit better. Three penalty kill needs to be a lot better Four power play needs to be a lot better. So every, five, everything needs to be better. Five coaching Dean. Don't be afraid to shuffle lines. Give Marco Rossi a little time up top. I, I I need him. I need when I see the lineup card with Marco Rossi slotted in as the center of the top line of the Minnesota wild, that's going to hit oh a, a certain part of my brain that I just am not ready for. That's going to be gonna hit you so. heavier that, or if the Vikings actually tie 2020 to the Falcons, <laughs> definitely the tie. That's not, that's not <laughs> happening. That's not happening. But if it does though, can you imagine? Oh what if both happen? AJ is going to lose his mind. I will never not play this clip. I will tweet that every day until I die. Me calling a 2020 tie. It's like your Friday night ruckus tweets. It'll be just a tradition. <laughs> Every single I've always wanted to ask what that meant, but we'll talk about it off air. We gotta wrap up. <laughs> we gotta wrap up. All right. Again, thank you for joining us for this week of the Score North Taxi Squad. Everybody, get those fingers up. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify. Check us out on the Score North app, scorenorth.com. But we prefer actually if you check us on the YouTube channel, you know, see our lovely faces and everything like that. We'd absolutely appreciate that. Yeah, go Vikings. See what they got this week. My name is Jason Stormer. We got uh, wait, Artist Woods right there. AJ Fredrickson right there. We'll catch you guys next week on the latest episode of the Taxi Squad. Take care. Bye-bye.